Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we take a look back at Joe's 24-hour trip to Disney earlier in December to ride Rise of the Resistance. We talked about Rise of the Resistance in episode 95, so today we'll, we'll talk about all the other things I did. Find old episodes of the podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere you find podcasts. We'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. Special shout out and thank you to GGGG Love for your recent review. If you'd like to support the podcast and receive bonus content, check us out on Patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered. And you can connect with us anytime, DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com, at www.deciphered on Twitter or on our Facebook page, Disney Deciphered. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. Merry Christmas, happy holidays, everyone. It is Christmas Day as this is releasing, and we are going to take a look back at my trip uh, in early December, my quick 24 hour trip to see rise of the resistance so we're gonna switch chairs again leslie and yeah ask me anything about my trip so i followed you along blow by blow on twitter minute by minute so i feel like i got to live a little bit vicariously through your experience but glad to get to hear in greater detail what went down so i guess the reason for this trip was rise of the resistance but you did get to do a lot more including finally spoiler alert ride the skyliner which eluded us back in october First of all, how long was this trip and what sort of inspired, other than Rise of the Resistance, the uh, desire to go? I mean, it was 100% Rise of the Resistance. I mean, at my regular job, I do have like a lot of stuff that happens in the beginning of December and that had just finished. And so it was nice to take a quick break and uh, celebrate after accomplishing things at work. But besides that, you know, I was just going for Rise of the Resistance and I was really there. You know, I left at 7 a.m from Boston and I took a 9 a.m. flight home. So, you know, I was really there for 24 hours on the ground. And as you can probably hear from my voice, uh, still recovering, even though it's a couple weeks later, it hit me late. Yeah, yeah. Disney trips have a way of doing that. I myself am going to be taking a 24 hour trip for Rise of the Resistance to Disneyland in a couple of weeks. So uh, we'll be sort of living parallel uh, lives, I guess, on different coasts. So, all right, early morning flight from Boston. Uh, tell us where you headed. Yeah, so I really wanted to check out Caribbean Beach Resort and also the aforementioned Skyliners. So I picked up my rental car, went straight to Caribbean Beach and wandered around that resort. I hope to stay there again so we can do like kind of a more full on impressions. I really enjoyed the resort. It is very big and sprawling. Just a couple kind of tips to take is I asked for a room in Jamaica. Those are closest to the Skyliner. And so I did get a room in Jamaica and, you know, it was really just like a five minute walk to the Skyliner and I could see the Skyliner station from my room. So that was pretty awesome. Other than that, the resort looks really nice. There's a pretty cool playground. Um, you know, all these resorts that are kind of around a body of water will have islands cutting through the middle. Like we said, for Colorado Springs, they have the bridges here. There's like an island in the middle of uh, the Caribbean resorts, I guess, you know, each area of the resort is named after a different island in the Caribbean. So that's kind of cool. Anyway, cool playground there. The pool looks really awesome. There's like cannons and stuff. They don't shoot, but uh, it's really good for theming. There's two water slides. Um, there's Sebastian's, which I hear the food is really good. Uh, the food court looks uh, like a food court, but really I was just there uh, for the Skyliner. So after wandering around Caribbean beach for about half an hour, soaking it in, I went straight to the Skyliner and straight to the parks. 
All right. Well, before we dive into the parks and the Skyliner part, how much did you pay for Caribbean Beach and how did you book it? Uh, so I booked it using some credit card points from a credit card that I was canceling uh, from City National Bank. And the rate was about uh, $210. And so, you know, I used points to pay for that because I was getting rid of the card. Not bad at all. Um, I know Tom Bricker loves Caribbean Beach. Caribbean Beach? Caribbean Beach. Good question. I don't know. Never know. <laughs> I think it's Caribbean when it's an adjective and Caribbean when, when it's a noun. But somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Tweet at us. <laughs> um, all right. So let's uh, go to the Skyliner. What what did you t- think? What, did you have a wait at all to get on or did you walk right on? Walked right on. Um, so, you know, I kind of didn't understand this about the Skyliner. So I think it'd be good to go over here. There are three Skyliner lines and they all meet at Caribbean Beach Resort. So Caribbean Beach has, I guess what you would call the hub station for the Skyliner. And so there are three lines going there. There's the line that goes from Caribbean Beach to Art of Animation and Pop. And then there's a line that goes straight to Hollywood Studios. And then there's a line that goes all the way to Epcot via Riviera Resort. So that's the only Skyliner where there's like a stop in the middle where you can get off. Everything else is just point to point. Um, and so Caribbean Beach is like kind of a huge hub. You know, it's like the Grand Central Station of Skyliners. I think by the time I got to the Skyliner, it was like around noon or something like that. So there was really no line and it got straight on. And like everyone's saying, if you want a good view from the Skyliner, avoid the wrapped ones that look really cute on the outside with the characters on them, but are really tough to see out of from the inside. Good to know. And uh, so did you get a, a cabin to yourself or did you have to share with uh, strangers? Yeah. So here's the funny thing. I uh, got into a cabin with seven other people. At this point, I didn't know kind of how the lines worked and stuff like that. And so I was riding over to Epcot and, you know, we got to Riviera Resort where you can either stay on uh, the doors open and you I just just stay on if you want or you can get off. And I was like, well, I'm going to get off and try to get my own cabin. So I got off, uh, got back in quote unquote line. There was nobody there because Riviera Resort hadn't been open yet. I I went outside so the people didn't see that I was trying to get in a new car. I don't know why I did that. I, I was embarrassed. I don't know. I'm a weird. So what can you say? But anyway, got back in line. And then the attendant there, the cast member there was like, you look like you want your own car and you look like you want an unwrapped car. So you kind of knew exactly what I was doing. So we waited for the next unwrapped empty car and he put me in there and it was awesome. That's awesome. Apparently we look like Disney bloggers who, who lonely Disney bloggers who want yeah, to ride. Weird lonely creepers either way. <laughs> he had me pegged. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, you are. You, I could see you coming too, Joe. So, all right. Went to Epcot and what was on the agenda for the first part of your day? Before we move on from Skyliner, it's just, again, Skyliner, awesome. Just really a lot of fun. If you get a chance and you're not afraid of heights, check it out. I think uh, it's, it's primo way to travel in Disney World now. Anyway, got to Epcot, met up with listener Michael T. Um, We had been texting. I knew he was going to be in town. So uh, we hung out for a while, wandered around the Festival of the Holidays, another one of these Epcot festivals. For this one, there's entertainment and food. So food booths, same kind of idea. I checked out a bunch of those and those were a lot of fun, but you know, probably not worth going into detail here. The thing about the Festival of Holidays that you know, I didn't know about, which uh, is pretty cool, is that if you go to each of the pavilions, the country pavilions, there are storytellers who talk about how each of those countries celebrates the holidays. So that's pretty cool, especially if you're with your kids. You know, I think those presentations are geared more for kids. So um, something to check out if you're around Disney World during the holidays. Great. And this was your first trip to Festival of the Holidays, correct? Yeah, that's right. I had never been. And unfortunately, I only got to spend a couple hours there because, you know, I ended up having to go having, quote unquote, to go ride Rise of the Resistance. But, you know, it seemed really cool and uh, made me really think, 
you know, I've kind of avoided Disney World in the holidays and during actual Christmas week, I still think I might, but it did really make me wonder, oh, should I bring my kids for the holidays instead of for Halloween? Because maybe they'd enjoy it more. It's tough. It's tough to decide. Yeah, I don't think I've been to Disney World during the holidays ever, which is crazy. I go to Disneyland all the time and it is really special there. So, and my kids really do enjoy it. I think uh, maybe next year, if I can convince the, <laughs> my husband, we'll see, we'll see. All right. Yeah. Here's where I will uh, insert the disclaimer. If uh, you do not celebrate Christmas and, or do not like Christmas, maybe December is not the month for you to go to Disney World. Uh, Cause it's a lot of Christmas all the time. All right. Well, elsewhere in Epcot, did you do anything other than eat food? Did you ride any rides? Nope, no rides. Um, because, you know, you can refer back to episode 95 where I talked about this. Michael and I ended up going back towards Hollywood Studios because we wanted to see if his boarding group would get called. Ultimately, it didn't get called. So I got to ride the ride in his place. Um, again, you can check out episode 95 for all our impressions of that. But yeah, hung out in Epcot for a couple hours, ate some good food. After that, back on the Skyliner, all the way back to Hollywood Studios. It was a dream. I loved it. Transferring at Caribbean Beach Resort, no problem. No lines anywhere. Uh, this was at around 3 p.m. It was just great to do the whole entire pathway between Hollywood Studios and Epcot. And it was under 20 minutes, so really fast, too. So how was the reliability of the Skyliner, by the way? Did you experience any like stops or breakdowns at all during the time you were there? No. I don't even know if we slowed down besides, you know, when you're supposed to slow down when you're like going in the station and stuff like that. So, you know, it was really awesome. Like I said, under 20 minutes between Hollywood Studios and Epcot, you know, that's faster than the normal walk that I do. Um, and so, you know, I think I'd still enjoy walking from time to time because I like walking, but, you know, I've been having some back issues. So riding the Skyliner uh, was really, I, I can't, we'll talk about it later, but eventually I had to take a bus somewhere and it did not go as smoothly as the Skyliner. So I was super impressed. All right. Not jealous at all. <laughs> well, let's talk about Hollywood Studios. I know we have a whole episode on Rise of the Resistance that folks can listen to, but give us the sort of brief rundown of what happened and how you got on the ride and uh, what you thought of it. Since I was waiting to possibly go on Rise of the Resistance and still hang out with Michael, we decided to kind of do the Star Wars tour, uh, do all the rides in chronological order, I guess it turned out, um, that Star Wars had to offer. So rode on Star Tours, which I can't remember if we've talked about it or not, but nowadays Star Tours ends in Batu, So you're like landing in Batu at the end. So that's pretty cool. Um, so had a lot of fun on Star Tours. It's still, honestly, it still holds up as a ride. I don't know, you know, maybe I'm a little biased since I just saw them talk about it on the Imagineering story, but I still enjoy that ride. So, um, you know, did Star Tours, did Smugglers Run Single Rider. You may remember I said last time I did Smugglers Run Single Rider, the line was like insane and I waited like 40 minutes. This time it was no problem. Turned left, like uh, Leslie recommends. It was like a 10 minute wait. And then, uh, you know, had my preferred engineer seat just chilling in the back. Oh, I got a funny story about Smugglers Run though, Leslie. As a single rider, I was paired, I was partnered up with a family of five, two parents and their three kids. And... Uh, the oldest daughter was like mad because like her youngest sibling took the pilot seat. And then as we were flying, like the youngest sibling, she couldn't reach the lever to pull us into jump space. And the older daughter was like, see, I told you she couldn't do it. And um, so the whole entire trip was a kind of nice little road trip on the outer rim of the galaxy with this family of five. And I just kind of saw my future flashing before my eyes. And I really um, was enjoying the experience as a uh, observer. 
Yeah, when kids are fighting, but they're not yours, um, it's not so bad, right? <laughs> no, I mean, and I was just like, oh, I could totally see my kids fighting over those pilot seats. So anyway, if you are a single rider, you know, you might end up in a group like that. And it kind of made the ride more enjoyable because, you know, I was enjoying the ride, but also enjoying the, uh, how do we say, entertainment that was playing out in front of me. Yeah, you see the best and the worst of families at Disney. <laughs> Right. That's yeah, true. exactly. <laughs> so true. This was not probably one of their prouder moments, these, these, this family. But um, yeah, certainly entertaining. All right. So after Rise, uh, Smuggler's Run, was it time for Rise yet? Yeah. So after Smuggler's Run, uh, Michael had to run to the airport. And so he gave me his magic band. I wandered around Black Spire Outpost for like another half an hour, just kind of taking in Batu. Uh, like I said, in our my Star Wars Galaxy's Edge episode, you know, I just really like the land. Uh, I just really enjoy hanging out there. Ultimately, it was 4.30, got called in, um, had to wait two hours to ride the ride, but ended up riding it again, episode 95, if you want to hear about that. When I was done and my mind was completely blown, it was time to go to the Christmas party. And so this is where I ran into the bus issues. So it was about seven o'clock. So as you may or may not know, the Christmas party technically starts at seven o'clock. Um, you can get in at four o'clock, though, if you want to go. Uh, the Christmas party, which is at Magic Kingdom, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party. I was debating whether to Uber, but I was like, you know what? Let's see how these buses go. So I went to the bus stop and there was a family there and they're like, we've been waiting here for like half an hour already. And so we ended up waiting like another 20 minutes. So I felt really bad for that family. They waited almost an hour and they were like kind of talking the whole time. Oh, we paid for this Christmas party and, you know, we're going to be so late and like blah, 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 you know, all the things you would expect. And I, I generally felt bad for that family. Um, you know, for me, I was okay chilling out for 20 minutes waiting for the bus. It wasn't like a super long time, but I'd be pretty frustrated if I was in that bus situation. I don't know what you think. Yeah. I mean, especially given that that was the party start time, you'd think that they would be having Magic Kingdom buses running perhaps a little more frequently, knowing that sort of a transfer that people are going to be making from a lot of different places. Um, that's really surprising to me, but you know, and that's and that's really frustrating. I mean, they have the GPS technology now. I mean, I, I, I remember back in my childhood, I think I mentioned before, my dad cursing a blue streak about <laughs> waiting for so long and the buses being full. And but like the technology exists now that Disney can and should be doing better. There's no reason for that kind of a wait. And basically 15 or 20 minutes is about where I hit my max waiting for transportation at Disney. So I feel really bad for them, honestly. Yeah. And then the other kind of not amazing advice they got was, I mean, I guess it's technically true, but they asked a cast member, oh, can we just Uber to the Magic Kingdom? And they're like, no, you'd have to go to the transportation and ticket center and take the ferry anyway, which is technically true. But hopefully Disney Deciphered listeners know, you know, if you're going to Uber to the Magic Kingdom, don't Uber to, don't say that you're Ubering to the Magic Kingdom, Uber to the contemporary and then walk over. You know, it's only like a five minute walk from there. So, you know, unfortunately, I wish that cast member had, because they were, they said they had been thinking about taking Uber and they decided to take the bus. I think, you know, the play there would have been to Uber over. I mean, they had two kids with them. So, you know, like they weren't happy, like waiting around the little kids. Um, and so, you know, if you're going to Uber over there or minivan or uh, I guess minivan will take you directly there. But Ubering, if you're Ubering to the Magic Kingdom, please uh, Uber to the contemporary so you can just walk over. Good tip. All right. So you eventually did make it to Magic Kingdom and to the Christmas party. So walk us through uh, your time there. All right. So if uh, you do not like Christmas, but you still have gone to Disney World, please do not go to the Christmas party. It is so Christmas. I mean, I loved it. So there's Christmas music playing all the time. Honestly, there's Christmas music playing all the time at Disney World. 
the whole my whole trip, I heard nothing but Christmas music. But at uh, the Christmas party, that was taken to eleven. Uh, it was snowing on Main Street every once in a while. There was a lot of special character meet and greets, like the Halloween party. I got to watch the I can't remember what it was called at the moment, but the castle show. Christmas themed castle show. That was cool. The parade was really cool. I really enjoyed the fireworks. I saw some kind of lukewarm reviews on the fireworks. I, I guess they were saying that since there are projections, like the happily ever projections are better, which I guess might be true, but I li- I really liked the projections on the castle during the fireworks. You know, it got all snowy. Um, like the castle got wrapped at certain points. I really liked the fireworks and the parade was awesome too. So, you know, overall just, a great party, um, great to hang out. The snacks are great. You can get cookies everywhere. The cookies are prepackaged, so I took them all home to my kids. Um, just really enjoyed the Christmas party overall. How would you compare the Christmas party to the Halloween party in terms of crowds? Was it a similar experience or about, uh, different? So the Christmas party I went to was not sold out. The Halloween party that I went to was sold out. Um, so the crowds were a little lighter. Um, they were still kind of heavy, but... I guess they must not have been that bad because I waited for the Jingle Cruise for only 15 minutes. And Leslie, you would have loved this Jingle Cruise skipper. He was completely on point um, and his jokes were really top-notch. Christmas-themed jokes, holiday-themed jokes, and regular Jungle Cruise jokes. Um, he had them all and he was doing a great job. Now, I'm really jealous. Uh, I, I have ridden the Jungle Cruise at Disneyland, but it retired a couple of years ago. So maybe I'm going to have to go to Disney World just for, for that. So other than the Jingle Cruise, were there any other special ride overlays that you experienced? Yeah, so I went on Space Mountain. Like we said for the Halloween party, the posted standby wait time was pretty inflated. Um, it was like said 40 minutes and only took me 25 minutes. Although I did, you know, at the very end, they kind of take you take single riders off. So that might have saved me some time. Space Mountain, green and red strobe lights, Christmas music blasting. It's like being at a rave, except you're on a roller coaster. I think I might be too old for that nowadays, but it was uh, it was definitely an experience. It was a fun way to experience Space Mountain, but uh, I did have a little bit of a headache getting off of that. Maybe I'm just too old. Teenagers would love that, though. Um, also, Tomorrowland Speedway has a Christmas overlay. I didn't ride that, but again, they are blaring Mannheim Steamroller or whatever, and they have like cut out tinsel Christmas trees. Um, and so it looks like it would be a fun ride, but my son wasn't there, so I skipped it. And finally, the teacups, they have an overlay as well, but that's uh, mostly Christmas music. But, you know, Space Mountain, definitely check it out. It was worth the wait, even though I got that headache at the end. So we have a full episode, episode 36, about Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, if you want to learn more. But did you ferret out any specific tips that you want to share? Yeah, um, what I did at the very end of the night, it was actually right before the last parade, I got to Jack Skeleton about 1045 and I asked them, you know, how long will waiting for him take? And they said half an hour. And that was going to spit me out back on Main Street at 1115. But the parade is actually, you know, it ends in Main Street. So I knew if the parade starts at 1115, it won't even get to Main Street until like 1130 or so. So I waited for Jack Skeleton around 1045, um, got to see him and Sally. That was really cool. I never met them before as characters. And a half hour wait for Jack and Sally is pretty good. Um, And they were spot on with the wait time and then popped out on main street one more tip there i popped out on main street by the train station and you know they keep the pathway you know if you imagine the train station there's like two pathways that go under the train station to exit the park they keep those pathways open until the parade starts but at the very last minute as the not even like the parade had already started like 10 minutes ago but as the parade was approaching on main street a cast member like let people move into 
I guess, block off the pathway that's closer to town square, you know, so she moved like a mom and her little kid and another family um, into that space. And so, you know, they got to be kind of, you know, front row for the uh, parade. So I thought that was cool. So if you kind of hang around there before a parade, you might get a better spot than you expect. So, um, you know, a little tip there that I couldn't test myself, but saw it happen for, uh, you know, a couple lucky families. Yeah, that's a great nugget there. So did you close the party down, Joe, or did you go to bed early? I almost closed the party down this time. Um, but when the parade was over around 1145, 1150, um, I took off. So, you know, I had to, I was waking up at 5 a.m. for Rise of the Resistance. So, you know, I figured that uh, you could still respect me in the morning if I did that, Leslie. So that's what I did. Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad at all. All right. So went back, got a couple of hours of sleep at Caribbean Beach. Is that fair? Yeah, I went back to Caribbean Beach. Um, finally, I had not been to my room, actually. I didn't go to my room until like 12.30 a.m. Whenever I got back, oh, got super lucky with the buses on the way back. You know, only waited like two minutes for the Caribbean Beach bus. So I was super thankful for that. Got back to Caribbean Beach, went to my room, edited the Patreon-only Trip Report episode um, and released it at like 1 a.m. You know, I think I had the episode processing while I showered. As soon as I got out of the shower, released it on Patreon, passed out, woke up three and a half or four hours later, um, and went back to Rise of the Resistance. All right. Force March of Happiness indeed. So tell us about your next morning. What time did you leave your room for headed for Hollywood Studios and how did you how did you get there? Yep. So I left my room at like five oh five AM and the Skyliner was running overhead. Um and I was like, oh, is the Skyliner open? I got really excited. Spent the five minutes to walk over to the Skyliner station only to find that it was closed. So just because it's moving doesn't mean it's open. People should know that. And so then instead, what I did was I just drove my car over, which uh, I I guess I didn't have to do. But I drove my car over, got in line for Hollywood Studios, got led into the park around 6.27 a.m., got my boarding group, got on the ride at 7.16 a.m., was out by 7.45 a.m., took one last ride on the Skyliner from Hollywood Studios back to Caribbean Beach and then back to Hollywood Studios since my car was at Hollywood Studios now. And then, um, you know, while all this was happening, I changed my flight to a 9 a.m. or maybe it was 10 a.m. Um, and then, you know, went to the airport and uh, went home, got home in time to pick my kids up from school. So uh, all's well that ends well. Wow, that sounds exhausting. And I'm preparing myself to do something fairly similar in a few weeks. So the things that we do for Disney, I suppose. Well, as you can hear, uh, it has been exactly two weeks and uh my voice has not come back actually i got i mean i got sick after and then what you're hearing is like the after effects of the illness wow yeah i mean not yet when you get that little bit of sleep then you really can uh get creamed so well i'm glad you're hopefully on the mend and it sounds like uh, a really great trip overall albeit very short so do you have a Disney do or don't for us coming out of this trip yeah so my Disney do uh would be I think that the Skyliner is worthy enough as an attraction to check out and try. You know, you are probably afraid of like lots of attractions that you go on at Disney World. But if you're afraid of the Skyliner, I think you should definitely try it. You know, Leslie, you and I have talked about how on off park days, uh, it's just fun to like do the monorail loop. Well, I think the Skyliner loop would be as much fun, um, you know, for kids. You know, you can check out Riviera now. It's open. You can check out Caribbean Beach Resort, Art of Animation, Pop. When you get to the Epcot International Gateway, you can check out the uh, hotels that are along Crescent Lake as well. So overall, Skyliner, two thumbs up, and just definitely 
do try that out. Even if you're not staying at one of those resorts, I think the Skyliner is worth a ride. Yeah, I know folks are already doing the Skyliner bar crawl, just like they're doing sort of drinking around the world at Epcot or the monorail bar hopping. So uh, yeah, things for adults to do too. Exactly. All right. So that does it for my trip report. Um, again, happy holidays to everyone. If you'd like to connect with us, you can email us DisneyDeciphered at gmail.com at WDWDeciphered on Twitter or connect with us on our Facebook page, DisneyDeciphered. Other than that, this is our last episode of the year. So thank you all for listening in 2019. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to connecting with all of you again in 2020. Yes. Thanks everybody for all of the support and looking forward to 2020. All right. So that does it from here. And that is our last trip report of 2019, but we will have a couple coming up in January. Um, at the very least, you know, patrons will be hearing the live versions. So until then, thanks so much for listening. And Leslie, I will see you in 2020. Thanks, Joe. Bye.